you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello and welcome to Dear Alice. Hello, my friend. <laughs> Funny story about that greeting. It's one of our favorite painters um, from back in the original, like OG days of Alice Lane. Um, we'd use him and every time he came into the store to approve paint samples or anything, he would always come in. His name was Christian, Christian, and he would come in and say, hello, my friends. <laughs> and ever since, it's stuck. I can't help myself. It's so, so fun. Whenever we see someone we know, we have to say, hello, my friend, <laughs> in honor of him. By painter, we mean like house painter, not painting painter. Yeah, but Christian, usually in white overalls and just the kindest man where even his eyes are smiling. Mm -hmm. Christian Sparkly. and Santa Claus. Yeah. Yep. Are just Hello, my friends. The two happiest people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. So, even on the phone when you call him. Hello, my friend Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so try it on uh, when you greet people. <laughs> call everybody your friend. It feels really good. Uh, on that note, we are going to get into space planning as our episode today. This is an episode that we have been. Looking forward to and trying to figure out how to choreograph for the months and talking with our team on how can we talk about space planning without visuals. It's like trying to do math in your head without having a pen or paper or having anything to look at. Um, so we are going to do our very best to visually describe space planning for you. We're going to define it first, and then we're going to talk about several different space plans. But in a nutshell, space planning is the way that you arrange your furniture in a room. And it's really important because um, if we're building a home, usually when we get a set of plans from an architect, the first thing we do is we space plan the whole house and we look for any pinch points, um, any changes that we need with like doors, door swings, maybe take out a door altogether, put in a pocket door. Otherwise we can't, you know, use furniture the way it's intended because the room is too small or we can grow the room a little bit. It tells us everything we need to know about any errors in the floor plan if we will just space plan it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people do this when they're working with the architect. The architect will throw blocks of furniture into a plan. Heads up. Those furniture blocks are not realistic furniture sizes. Mm -hmm. um, we often see like sofas that aren't deep enough to the kind of sofa that you're actually going to want to use and sit in that's really loungy mm -hmm. and the size of furniture that we're all used to being comfortable in. So with knowing that, just make sure that you have someone else look at it that can appropriately space plan your floor plans so that you get, you're not surprised once you pay for this house to be built that you can't fit that favorite sectional that your, you always wanted to Your baby in. grand piano and your sofa aren't going to live harmoniously <laughs> in this room. Dang it. Yeah. So this also applies to those of you that are not building, that just want to rearrange your furniture, right? Which if you're listening, you like design and, and it's sometimes fun to throw everything in the blender and spit it back out again in a different way and um, use things from this room or that room or rearrange things or get new furniture and put some of that downstairs. So really paying attention to the furniture relationships and how to live within these rooms in the very best way possible. Um, this is, this is the work of space planning. There's a real art and kind of romance to it. I think that in a great space plan, even when the room is empty, it looks like the pieces of furniture can have a conversation that they're all sort of facing in toward one another. And it's not just a TV on a wall and a sofa sitting in front of it. And that looks like the only function this room has is just to sit and watch TV. 
The room should also be able to be used with the TV off and for you to have a conversation circle and have a place to sit down and drink to be able to have a point of light where you can turn on a lamp um, to um, all collectively come around either a cocktail table, which is hard, or a cocktail ottoman, which is soft. So depending on how casual you are or how formal you want to sit in the space would also tell us, you know, those things. So there's a lot of sort of romance and thought work that goes into it. And so we wanted to break it down a little bit, but in a nutshell, that is space planning. Do you have anything to add to that, Sue? No, I think you hit it all. I think just, I say that all the time that you just want to make sure that all the pieces are conversing with each other. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. And when you walk into a space, a new space, you're met, you met a new friend, you're going to you know go over there and you see the pieces that they've picked out and you want some of them to be conversation starters. Mm-hmm. That's that conversation. Like they're talking to one another, um, but they're also talking back to the people that are going to be using them, telling them how you're supposed to use this room because each room has a different function. And so by space planning it correctly with the right kind of pieces that functionally fit your lifestyle, that's the beauty of space planning. It's a storytelling empty without people or with people. And that's the beauty of it. And I think we all... You know, when we go to market, we have certain people that we just, we study their space planning. And we're like, we can't wait to go to those showrooms because they always do such a brilliant job um, at doing something unexpected. And those are the things that we're always trying to teach ourselves and learn from from others too. Just the art of space planning, I think is something that we're, are, we're always continually searching out and looking for different ways um, to be thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And one thing to consider in the space plan is uh, the vantage points. So the way that you enter a room, what's going to be the most beautiful way of, of entering it besides the function of it? And if if the best thing for function and beauty is walking into the room and looking and walking into the back of a sofa, that we're always going to consider getting a console in behind the sofa. So you're not just looking at a back of a sofa because that's the vantage point. So really considering what that looks like from the way that you're always going to enter a room. Sometimes rooms you are going to enter from two sides, but even then I think you usually end up favoring one side over the next. So arranging the furniture in a way that it looks really pretty the way that you approach the room. Mm-hmm. So really walk through it. If you're already living in a home, they're rearranging. Um, you have an advantage here because you know how you live. You know the throwaways that your kids are always going to be taking that path. And so you know that the other one we can actually maybe get a larger section or do something where that pathway isn't as critical. So anyway, kudos to you. Um, you have the leg up, but those of you building just really kind of study how you want to live in this. And then that's the way and what the function of the room is, be it TV, be it conversation, be it the piano, um, all those things. And then you can really start to make magic. That's great. Awesome. I I would say before we jump into it, let's tell them about the visuals. Oh yes. Corey, why don't you tell them? So we do have some packets, some visuals that go along with these. We will be sending them out through our newsletter. Uh, The link for the newsletter is in the show notes. You can also see them in our Instagram story highlights. There'll be a little highlight bubble of them. Um, That's at Alice Lane Interiors. Uh, So yeah, both of those will work. And if you want to pause now, wait to get those links, and then kind of go from there and listen, you can. If not, have some valuable information in the meantime. Yeah, totally. And we'll describe this the very best that we can so you can visualize it in your mind because we're all visual people here. And so we'll be as descriptive as possible. So the first space plan we wanted to talk about was 
Rachel Parcell's family room. This is a space that has a ton of interest um, for us at Alice Lane, but also I think it applies to just about everybody today because most people want the sectional. Most people are going to have a fireplace in a great room. And so this is um, a space plan that has a sectional facing the fireplace. On both sides of the fireplace, there are built-ins. And so the way that we set this up is sectional facing the fireplace. Because the back of the sectional faces the kitchen, there's a console behind it that we dressed. So it looks beautiful from, um, from the kitchen point of view as well. One of our favorite space planning tricks is to use a really large side table um, this, this sectional that we used for Rachel is like probably, uh, I'd say at least 42 inches deep, really deep. So you can see that side table is massive. It's probably like a 40 inch round or a 38 round, um, which is like the size of a small kitchen table. And that is the side that you walk into her room, you, um, from the front of her home or the way that you approach the family room is from that side. So that really large table kind of receives you and graduates up to the sectional, and the, the lamp that we used on it was just really extraordinary. Um, and then we grounded the room with a huge rug. This is, I think, is this a 12 by 15? I think so, yeah. This is a really big rug. You can see that at least the front feet of all of her pieces are on the rug. And that's a really big take home for all of you is in a room this big, you're going to want to get the biggest rug. I'm sure you've heard us talk about rugs on this podcast before. It's a space expanding trick. It's going to make every room look bigger. If you use a big enough rug, how do we use an eight by 10 in this room? The only thing on it would have been the cocktail table and those ottomans. And then none of the furniture would have been touching it. Otherwise it would have just been like a flying carpet in the middle of the room. And the room would look really small. It would shrink to the size of the eight by 10. And I'm thinking in my mind how we usually start space planning. When I do it, I usually start with my rug. We start with it literally when we're picking it up, but even space planning, we'll see how big of a rug am I doing here. That way I understand the size of it mm-hmm. and understand, okay, my budget. What's my budget? Is that going to be a hand-knotted one if I have to be 12 by 15? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be hand-tufted? Am I going to be power-loomed? You know, depending on all those things. So it's really telling, um, knowing the size, having the right size is more important for you right now than the construction. I totally. Think. So, and if you realize you're like, man, I really need it. I need a 12 by 15 too. Maybe you start with a jute rug and then you have, you layer some hand knots on top of it. Um, but anyway, start with your rug and then that'll give you kind of that good base layer to start putting the functional pieces on top of it of how you're going to live in the space. Definitely. Also the number of rugs that are available in that size are going to be way, you're going to have a way smaller selection than a rug that's available in an eight by 10. So that also, if you're starting with the rug, like Suzanne suggested, you know, you're looking in that size. So when you go shopping, you're just going to type or look um, on that size and it will only bring up the sizes that are available, um, the rugs that are available in that size. And that's how you're going to choose your rug. And that's how you're going to know your vibe of the whole room. You don't want to court a rug that you can't have. Oh yeah. If you just start looking at rugs, you fall in love with an eight by 10 and it doesn't come any bigger. That's the torture Suzanne is just just talking about. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's the worst. Um, so anyway, back to the space planning. So then we've got, um, two chairs that are, um, sort of in the bottom left corner of this. We've left some space between that huge side table and the chair because you need a way to get into the room. Pathways into rooms by code usually are three feet, 36 inches to be able to have 
a human walk through the room, if they're carrying a basket, they've got their elbows out, um, they're carrying a small child. So you just to live comfortably, we like a 36 inch pathway. So we've left plenty of space there for people to get in and out of the room. That's really important in space planning, because otherwise you're going to have to dodge a set of chairs and a table and a sectional to get into this family room from the kitchen, which would be super frustrating. Um, I think you'd end up normally just carving a pathway anyway. So might as well plan for it and design for it. Um, so we've got a pair of chairs in Rachel's. We match them. There are other plans that we did where we don't match them and we do a his and hers chair. His might be a leather chair. Hers might be a velvet tufted chair. And we just make sure that we really love the arms and the profiles and the styles together. And that's a really fun thing to get to do also. Yeah, and it's always more fun. Like you mentioned, walking to the back of a sofa. We try not to do that whenever possible. Um, but we'll put a console there, but it's always nicer to walk into the back of chairs because usually they have a beautiful back. Mm-hmm. You want to have something that floats really well yeah. on any, that vantage point, whenever you're walking in somewhere, just make sure whatever you're putting there has interest in the back in the form of those pieces. Totally. And these chairs are kind of angled in the room, which means from the kitchen side, you're looking at kind of a three quarter angle of a chair. And if I'm if I'm doing a photo shoot, I'm going to try and angle some of those things because there's not a sexier line on a chair than getting that three quarter mm-hmm. um, sort of shape is really beautiful. And we did the same chair for her and they share an ottoman. Um, so this is a really fun moment for mom and dad to come over and sit down and or, you know, grandma and grandpa and get to just observe the family playing and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they share a small table in between so you could put down a drink. Um, or your cell phone and yeah, have light so you can like read a book or, you know, work on your knitting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And one thing for whether you're a cocktail table or you're a cocktail ottoman, um, think about that too, right? We did a cocktail table for H, um, there, but we also want to give some more space. You can see if those two little ottomans weren't there, that there would be a massive void and it would call for either a larger table or ottoman, Mm -hmm. um, so we thought it'd be really cute to do these two bunching ottomans right in front of that. So you can pull that up by the fire if you're like warming up from a ski day or the kids can be like kind of playing on that while they are like building something on the cocktail table. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a great thing. And a lot of these, like the ottomans, are kind of meant to migrate. That happens in most family rooms where kids are like dragging this over here so I can look out the window and see that shooting star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to rotate that chair over closer so I can see the TV better because I want to see the game. So we try and keep those things in mind when we're talking to clients to understand how they're using the space to make sure that when they are having a big family party, that a lot of these pieces can be catered several different ways, no matter what the event is. So worth mentioning. Yeah, I love that. I love a bunching ottoman. I know. Yeah, it does so much work. Speaking of bunching ottoman, I just wanted to give you guys the permission to not have to have every single thing in a room be comfortable. It doesn't have to be. There's certain pieces in a room, and this one's not probably the perfect space plan to talk about that, but sometimes you have a little chair by a fireplace, and that chair's job is to be sculptural and beautiful and just fun to look at. Um, Maybe on occasion, somebody's going to go perch there because they're completing the conversation circle, but it's really just a perch, and its silhouette is like just doing its job. Not everything has to sit like a lazy boy. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everything has to sit like um, a sectional. There's some things that can be more of an upright set, some things that are a wooden frame with a little bit of upholstery on it. And that's kind of the bone work of, of that piece. 
So um, keep that in mind. You don't want everything to be heavily upholstered or the whole room's going to sit really solid. And at that point, when you do have a really big, heavy sitting sectional, that's when you're like, I think I need a cocktail table because it's going to be up on legs. It's going to give the room some relief and not everything's going to feel like it's a thousand pounds. Like just an oversized marshmallow. Yeah. Give us some structure, give it some form, know how to flatter it. Um, All of us girls know that, you know, we got to put on a pair of heels to really like elevate and make ourselves make the outfit. Um, Same thing with a room. You don't want too many legs in a room that makes the room look really nervous. And so um, the side table, if it's very leggy and the cocktail table is very leggy, then yeah, you're going to want to surround that with some upholstered items that go to the floor. Um, You know, I think a real rookie trick is to get everything that's super leggy, little ottomans, a table, the side tables, the console, the sofa is up on, you know, high feet. And pretty soon you're like this, I feel so nervous. Like everything's wearing high heels. Yeah. (laughs) Something's going to tip over, Uh, break a leg, break an ankle. You want to know something interesting too. I have a little African carved chair that for me, it was like something beautiful to look at. It's interesting. It's just that Vincent Wolf little moment, you know, that sits in front of my fireplace, but that's my mom's favorite chair. To go sit in when she's in, she's older. So when she sits in my section or when my large sofa, she has like two pillows behind her in addition to the pillow that, you know, is the back of the sofa because it is so deep and she's, it's just hard for her to get out. But the other day she just like automatically went and sat there and I'm like, mom, come sit up here. Like that's, that's to look at. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, no, this actually fits my frame. Great. I really like this. So it's interesting The you know, I think people will find their personality in whatever piece they, you know, find that fits them the best in the room, which totally. has been really fun to experience. Well, it's like, a, it's like a great conversation too, to be able to have this wild carved little African, you know, stool of a chair, because you're like, what a cool conversation piece. It's like having an interesting person at a party. It just, the conversation is that much more rich and interesting. And, you know, I'm sure people ask you all the time, like, tell me, where did you, how, how, where, where did this come from? How did this come to be? You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And the thing I love about that too is when we bought it, they told us that I'm like, is this delicate? Can we sit on this? Cause it's all just carved out of one piece. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, you can like a 300 man could stand on that. Mm-hmm. It's like meant for him, which was so nice that obviously it's something that is just fun to look at, but it's also, I can't, I'm, it's not too precious. Yeah. Anybody can sit in it. So I don't have to be a nervous host. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. That's great. Um, moving on to another space plan. This one is called the corner fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to call it that in the space planning highlights and in the email that we'll send out to you. This is, this comes because we get asked this question on our carpool Q and a, we probably have somebody ask this every week, even though we've answered the question before. I feel like we could answer it once a week for those that are just tuning in. Yeah. Um, It's so common. So many people had their builder put their fireplace in the corner instead of centered on the wall, or you purchased a home that was that way. And it's a real thorn in everybody's side. And I feel like so tricky. Um, Sue's worked on her sister's home recently and it turned out so beautiful. She had, a, she has had it actually, she just moved, but she had a corner fireplace. Um, Sue, do you want to talk about the space planning in a room? If you have a corner fireplace? Yes. If you have a corner fireplace, you've dealt with do I put the TV? I'm sure a lot of the builders put the TV over that fireplace that's on a corner. So at that point, are you putting your sofa on, on an angle too to match the angle of the fireplace? Mm-hmm. No. Um, I think it becomes this thing of like, choose your master. What are we supposed to look at? The fireplace 
or where we're going to comfortably be viewing the TV. And so my sister, we decided to put a long console floating on in front of a window that was right next to the fireplace. So you're still you directed towards that whole elevation. So you can get the fireplace beautifully in your peripheral view, but you can still look at the TV as well as look on the other side where it's open that goes toward their kitchen and dining. So they really, we put the sectional kind of like that corner office that has a view of everything Mm -hmm. um, very comfortably. So we've, I've space planned this room several times, just like schlepping her furniture in and out and around. And it never, ever worked until we've like put it on CAD and did this floor plan. And like I feel like the room like grew by twofold. 100%. It looks like you did an addition. Yeah. Because the space planning is so good. This is how important space planning is, yeah. everybody. Because <laughs> before this, just so you guys know, that little L-shaped sectional, the back of it was to that fireplace because I hated it so much. I'm just like, let's just avoid it all, all together and pretend it's not there. That's and right. And let's redirection the eye because I did not know how to best work with it. So if you're, if you feel like you've been battling this war for a long time, I get it. It's rough, Mm -hmm. but here are the keys to figure that out, to try and just, I don't know, get that vantage point so that you can still take that in, but you're actually going to, and people, it's funny when they put this house for sale, the realtor took that console out and everybody that walked in said, where, where's the TV? Where do you put the TV? I'm like, what a disadvantage he did by taking that out. Oh yeah. Because, People need to know that's a function of life. People need to know where they can put that TV and it's okay to float that in front of a window. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a thing that we do quite often. And especially in this case, it was what we had to do. So totally. And this, um, this space plan, the corner fireplace, you guys redid the fireplace surround, which is a precast mantle and stunning on plan. Um, to the left of the sectional, you just see this chair that's floating in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, that's a weird space plan. What's that doing there? But when you actually see the photograph of the finished product, it's so incredible um, to be able to look at the elevation of a fireplace with a mirror above it and this little open um, sort of uh, frame chair that your eye can move in and around and through. And it's like jewelry in a space, but also you could see Every, all the adults sitting down after Thanksgiving and every being, everybody being able to look at each other's faces and talk and have the fire on and not even have the TV on. And it's a great conversation circle. Yep. So it, el- every elevation of this room is so beautiful. And someone's always sitting in that little chair. Again, it seems like it would be sculptural, but mm-hmm. those pieces of interest, people gravitate toward them. They're like, I got to fill this. I'm going to test drive this guy out. Yeah. You know, so someone, the kid is always sitting in that tall, big, little, whatever it's just, it, people gravitate towards it. Mm. So anyway, and then the two, if you're looking at the space plan, we need to get additional seating. We have a really large family. And so we actually put two more comfy, comfy swivel chairs. And the reason why we did swivel chairs is because of what's happening behind it. There's a dining table and a kitchen and there's always parties happening. So just making sure you know that if I need to be able to kind of service two spaces, put a swivel. That's a really great solution for those bridge spaces. So... I love that. And I feel like um, people, I don't know if you guys know this, I always love data. And so one of the things that we've learned recently when we go to market is from every upholstery vendor that we go and talk to, motion is their number one fastest growing category in upholstery, which means a swivel chair. Mm-hmm. Um, to us, anyway, that's what it means. It doesn't necessarily mean um, they're selling more lazy boys than ever. 
that kind of motion. It's the swivel motion where you can be in one space and turn around and be in another space without having to get up and just join any conversation, which is really good for that, for that parent, um, or for somebody that doesn't feel good or a nursing mother. There's so many. And also, you know, who loves motion is men. 100%. Yeah. Most, most men fight men over that. that. Yeah. It's crazy. Like we have a rocking chair in my mom's home, a big upholstered, very comfortable rocking chair, which we put in her living room so that the young mothers could sit in there and nurse or rock a baby and be a part of the adult conversation. The men take that chair first, every time before they sit on a sofa, <laughs> before they sit anywhere in the room, everybody goes to that rocking chair because motion is just so comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and because it is such a fast growing category, you can get beautiful chairs that have movement and motion Mm -hmm. today, um, upholstered any way you want them. So that it doesn't have to look like something that belongs in a nursery. This can be something that's really dressy. In fact, in that room that we're describing right now, Suzanne upholstered those in like a really dark teal peacock uh, velvet and they're so chic and covered too. Yeah. They do not look like an older woman's home. They're really cool. No, and again, they look pretty from all angles, from when your vantage point from the kitchen, they're pretty to look at the back of, or the side from the entry comes on the right side of that floor plan is the entry. So that's actually the first thing you see. You see those chairs and you see that tree mm-hmm. that's nested you know, to the left of the console where the TV goes. So I love that. So good. Of the corner fireplace. Corner fireplace. Okay. Let's talk about not having a sectional for a minute. Um, some... Sometimes we get to know clients very well and what they're going to be doing with with these spaces. Sometimes a living room or a great room is not going to be the room that they're going to be um, having their kids play their games and do all of their TV watching in. This room is maybe that room that's more pulled together and looks great and the adult friends can go retire to and have a conversation in the evening. Mm -hmm. So if that's going to be the case, you and your close friends do not want to sit on a sectional together because it's too intimate, we found. What you want is actually separates. So separate sofas. Um, you're going to want separate chairs, uh, a lot of things like that. Of course, sofas, because you and um, you know your, your loved one, your husband, maybe your teenage kids or whatever, love to be next to each other. But you just don't want to sit next to um, your girlfriend or your girlfriend's husband and your husband. Or your neighbor that just hopped by that you're meeting for the first time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just too intimate. Yeah. So um, so we we think separates are also a great idea, depending on if this is a room that you're going to entertain in. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes strangers are meeting for the first time and they don't want to like sit that close. Mm-hmm. So um, in this room, we're calling this plan Juniper Hills, if you're following along. Um, and this has, it looks like a sofa face-off in front of a fireplace, this room. And a lot of people love the sofa face-off kind of formal it's symmetrical um very chic I think that we got really familiar with this idea um, with restoration hardware catalogs when they would do the exact same sofa the exact same pairs of lamps and there's just something about that symmetry that gives you like a rest and a peace of mind so um in this room for Juniper Hills we didn't do matching sofas we did a sofa and then we actually did an open um a day bed day bed yeah and um, the day bed's really fun. It's a really good, um, you're calling it a bridge, Sue, like connecting yeah. two spaces. Yeah, you can kind of see in the Juniper Hills floor plan, you have this again, that kind of vacancy over here at the bottom of the page where you have a set of ch- club chairs and a shared ottoman. And so how nice is it again? Kind of imagine a party happening. There's conversations happening like over on the sofa. You have these other chairs that can be pulled up over there. And then for somebody to be sitting 
on the daybed facing the two people on those chairs. And then on the other side of the daybed, talking to the person on that cute little chair next to it. So anyway, you can just see the kind of circulation of that bridge makes a lot of sense because you can imagine if we did do an actual sofa sofa, the back of that sofa would be to those club chairs, leaving it really quite remote Mm -hmm. for anyone hanging out over there. So definitely. um, So we love the day bed and people and the, I just can kind of keep moving around when you don't have the back of something. Yeah, there. I like that. And it doesn't focus the area too hard in one area. Those of you that have been to like a really good party that's well attended and is a lot of fun, you know that there's not one big conversation going on. It's 20 little conversations and the room is loud. And so in order to hear each other, you kind of have to get close and um, really face your party and have a conversation. So I love that the day bed, you can sit on it from either direction. Half the party could be sitting one way, the other half, the other way, like Susan's describing and, um, and can join these swivel chairs that are sitting near the window, having a more intimate conversation. So this room, I think, is absolutely set up for the best multi-conversation room. Really grand, um, beautiful soaring heights, um, big fireplace could be roaring. Behind the sofa, we did a console so that we could have a place for people to put their drinks down. Um, sometimes if you're stuck in the middle of a sofa, and you're too far away from a cocktail ottoman or coffee coffee table, then you're going to have to hold your drink all night or you can put it just right behind you on a little console. So you can see that behind the sofa. There's a floor lamp. I think parties are the most beautiful when all the overhead lights are off and all the lamps are on. So you can see there's a couple different points of light in this room. Diagonally, we've got a floor lamp with a table lamp. And um, there are two little lamps that are right by um, the chairs in the window. So we've got four points of light in this really beautiful room, a live tree, um, plenty of vertical shelving just to get some height in the room because the room's so high. Again, kind of like bounce that symmetry again. You have the two kind of sofa, sofa, and then you have two something. But I like symmetry. I think the majority of our clients, when we ask, do you like symmetry or asymmetry? Do you like it to be off a little bit? And majority mm-hmm. of the time people like symmetry. Mm -hmm. They want things to be balanced and create that peace when they finally get home. So you can see how that bounces out the fireplace. And just back to, you said the tree, you see that in a lot of these floor plans that we do have trees just because they do, again, those kind of void vacant corners. It's a great thing, especially if you have a large window like this Juniper Hills floor plan has, um, that tree is going to love that light. Mm -hmm. And it just offers something kind of organic with all these structural verticals. Um, to just kind of crawl. And again, I know Jess says that when she had her olive tree, that was, I don't know how tall it was, but it was her best party trick. Mm-hmm. People love to see a tree indoors. It's, yeah, it's mind blowing. People are like, whoa, you grew a tree in your house. That's incredible. <laughs> so. it is, it's amazing. And here's the thing. A lot of people feel pretty fixed mindset about, oh, I, I can't keep plants alive. That trick's not for me. But um, I think that if you just ask whoever um, you're buying the tree from, how do I best care for, give, give me the fertilizer today while I buy the tree and give me the directions and I'm going to, I'm going to put it on my fridge and I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to remind myself to water this thing every Sunday and I'm going to fertilize it once a month and you can do it. And it's such a massive massive party trick like Sue said in a room you get so many compliments everybody loves it a lot of points, guys. and it's not the same as a fake tree nope and it'll be the most the least expensive piece of furniture in that, yeah. that whole room giving a ton of impact yeah it's gonna give so much back so totally throw a tree in it yes 
So great. Um, okay, should we move on to um, after Juniper Hills? We've got the Tahoe Treehouse. Yes. Um, this space plan is um, a space that we did in um, Lake Tahoe in a cabin. In Truckee, actually. Truckee, yes. Yes. Um, anyway, go ahead, Sue. Talk about um, just sort of the objective for the room and how we got here. Yeah. So, again, this house, you can kind of see where those sliding door windows are back here at the top of the page. Um, that's the view behind there is of the mountain. That's why they bought this real estate was, I think it's North Star is the big mountain um, ski resort over there. So anyway, they want to make sure that everything had that vantage point that they could see it from the entry. And so the entry is behind those two chairs sitting at the bottom of the page. And so you walk in to these two really interesting chairs. They're kind of like part the sea so you can go and sit on the sofa the reason why we didn't do a sectional or sofa sofa in this space was because they wanted to be able to see that mountain. If it was just the two homeowners, they wanted to have chairs that swiveled. So these two chairs at the top of the page are swivel chairs. So if you have a view, swivels again are going to be your friend. And it's a great, great opportunity to just, again, people love their own chair. They love a comfortable swivel. So instead of a sofa, we did two swivels there. And it's so welcoming because, again, I think most people prefer their own chair. So in this case, we have more chairs than we do an actual sofa, which has been really fun. Um, he wanted a recliner, so we gave him a recliner at the top of the page. The top or bottom left is actually a really good-looking recliner. Um, so, But it has a really great silhouette. So, again, think about these silhouettes. And then the little the sculptural piece that we're always talking about um, that's that teeny little chair that bounces around this place all over the, all the time. Kids are always bringing those over by the fireplace. But again, these pieces, they become mobile, which is really fun. Another really cool thing about this space plan is a lot of times behind the sofa, we'll put the console. Mm -hmm. In this case, we did a desk because it's a really long space and we had the room to do a desk and she has little girls that they want to be by mom. And so this is a great opportunity for them to bring a coloring book, you know, their laptop if they're doing homework or if he has to hop, do some emails while they're up at their vacation home, he can just sit right there and be a part of everything that's going on um, and not feel out of sorts. So if you have the room, a desk is a really cool idea or a long, even we've even done like dining tables behind sofas that you can put two chairs at and have two of your kids working there um, and they can be in on the action of seeing where the TV is at. So... Oh, and look, another tree. Oh, another, another live tree. <laughs> and we have another tree. Yeah, or if no, if nothing else, um, that will show you like where to put your Christmas tree in the room if you celebrate Christmas. Because um, sometimes if the space planning is too tight, then you've got to remove furniture in order to celebrate the holidays in a room. Yep. So anyway, yeah, that's another nice thing. Did they have a live tree in this since it's a vacation home? They did do a fake tree just because they didn't want the maintenance. Yeah. But we got the tallest faux tree we could find. Mm, pro tip. There. Pro tip. Get the tallest faux tree. Yep. Everybody's, short ficus. everybody's <laughs> seen the short ficus in an office and we know you and you're like coming out of a basket <laughs> and you're like, mm, you're not a real tree. That root ball is not nearly enough, nearly big enough. To, oh. It's like sitting in the size of a garbage can. It's so small. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think uh, that shows you what a space plan with one sofa in a room would look like. So we've talked about two sectionals today with one with a corner fireplace, which is like the trigonometry of space planning. <laughs> and then we've got the sofa face off and then we've got one sofa. So 
um, lots of different, so many other space plans that we could talk about. But in general, I think that this this will speak to most of you and some of the space planning you're wanting to do. So to be successful, again, consider your vantage points from how you enter the room. And also if the room is, you know, more than one-sided because your kitchen is happening behind it, consider that vantage point. So sometimes it's multi-pointed. And then also if there's a view out one window or a fireplace view or the TV's on a different wall, all of those things need to serve well in the space planning. You don't just have to put a TV right in front of the sofa. Another th common thing that we always see when we go to a home and they're like, I don't know why my house just doesn't feel complete. I don't know. I don't know what it needs. And it's usually we'll walk in and there's a rug that's too small. There's a sectional in the room and a chair, but there's no case goods. A case good is like a console, a side table, a coffee table. Sometimes they have a coffee table, sometimes not. Um, so usually if you'll just bring in some, some end tables and some lamps and get a bigger coffee table usually, or a big cocktail ottoman if you want, and then consider, um, uh, not having everything be soft and comfortable in the room. Something should be wood like tables to balance out all that softness. Um, sometimes you're going to want some glass or a little sparkle from, you know, a lamp, um, that brings in a sculptural shape. A mirror top table or an actual floor mirror in the space mm -hmm. or above the fireplace. Yeah, we often will use a floor mirror, like a huge floor mirror, not just like the tall skinny kind from your apartment when you're in college, like a legit big, wide, tall floor mirror. We we always put over um, a large uh, mantle. Mm -hmm. So that's really fun. So you kind of want equal parts, hard and soft things and give yourself permission to get a really sculptural chair in the room that doesn't have to sit like a lazy boy. It just has to be beautiful and you can just perch on it. Yep, it's your talking point. Every room needs one. Is there any room you can think of that doesn't need a beautiful little sculptural chair? No, everyone it needs that scale. We talk a lot about scale and obviously your sofa and some of these larger pieces like satisfy like that big comfy feeling, but everything needs like a little humble point mm -hmm. to kind of counter with. And the nice thing on the actual notes, I think we have pictures or you can look on our portfolio and see all these projects. Will it be in the newsletter, Corey? Yep. Okay. Anyway, so look at even at the picture, look at the space plan and then look at the actual pieces mm -hmm. that were used in each of these rooms. And I think you'll recognize a lot of the things that Jess and I have talked about mm -hmm. of having, you know, some of the pieces that do set more solid, some of the legier pieces, different materials um, and vantage points. You'll see how the rooms function, try and find something that relates maybe to how you're living and kind of the, the tricks that you're trying to solve, because I bet you'll find a solution. Totally. Or get closer to one at least. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So a couple takeaways would be, um, you could consider rearranging your room or you could consider rearranging it. If you are going to be putting up a Christmas tree to really consider the different vantage points, or when you get that tree put away to rearrange the room. Um, also another take home is to make sure and look for that humble little sculptural jewelry chair. It's going to be really fun to welcome something little into the room. Cause I'm guessing most of your rooms are full of big things. That's all today, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in on Dear Alice. And um, again, go to our um, show notes at Dear Alice at alicelainhome.com. And um, we'll be sure and email you these space plans. Sign up there. And then um, you can go to Alice Lane Interiors. And there will be a little dot um, on the highlights that says space planning. And you can look at all these visuals. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. See you next time. Hey, 
Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 